0: Welcome to the Lebo Lion Show, the biggest marketing and business podcast on the African continent. This is a learning hub where we share marketing, social media and monetization resources that entrepreneurs, professionals and creatives need to build the lives and businesses of their dreams. We do this through masterclasses and conversations with experts and thought leaders in various industries. On this podcast, we believe that your mindset is the most powerful tool you have to succeed. Come on a journey with us. Let's explore the world of business, money, and mindset from a growth perspective. Are you ready to go? Because 2023 has started and it's about to become the best year of your life. My name is Lebo Lion, the voice of marketing, and I will be your host for the Lebo Lion show. Let's go.
1: It's a lie with the impact you be lying, that's a real fact come let me you yeah me you lie with the tweets. follow me back to my nest with the podcast teach you as I got lie with the impact you be lying, that's a real fact let me learn your song come here let me learn your song 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 come here let me learn your song let me learn your song let me learn your song let me learn yourself come here let me learn your song let me learn your song let me learn your song let me
0: learn yourself come here let me learn your song
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: Come let me teach you a lesson. Come let me teach you one lesson. Level line with the tweets. Follow me back to my nest. Level line with the podcast, teach you lessons cause I got class. Level line with the impact. You be lying, that's a real fact. Come let me
0: teach you with this. Come let me teach you with this. Welcome to the Lebo Lion Show and now officially the 580k Kota Show. You guys know exactly what I'm talking about from Budelani's podcast. And thank you so much for all of the attention, the, the engagement, the comments, everything, the retweeting. You guys have really amplified this podcast and welcome to all the new community members of the Line Show. You are in for a treat. As you guys know, we don't introduce (laughs) our guests when they come on our podcast, they introduce themselves. But before we do that, don't forget to like, share, subscribe, do all the right things that get people to, to share this podcast, to engage with this podcast and to learn from this podcast. So today's episode is really special to me. And it was the brainchild of one of our panelists today. And basically she came to me and she said, Lebo, we need to have more inclusive conversations on your podcast. I mean, I love what you're already doing, but let's include more people. Let's represent more voices. And I said, I hear you, and I want to do it the right way. It's taken me some time, but I think i found the right people to get us started with this conversation. And this is not going to be the only one. We're going to have more. Because I want this to be a thread in, in our podcast. So without further ado, let me let our guests introduce themselves. Anele, welcome to the show. Thank you Please tell everyone who you are. Sure. Um,
2: <coughs> the best way to describe myself, I can safely say there's intersectionality that I can use because um, I'm a clinical psychologist, I am a spiritual healer. Um, I'm an academic, um, and I think this new thing now, getting into social media space, I'm not sure if I'm an influencer or what. (laughs) (coughs) So the best personal way of describing myself is an an intersectional view, because there are many moving parts that I use to define who am I um, as a person. But beyond being um, all of these things that I've described, uh, I consider myself to be um, a very complex human being, Mm. but quite... um, interesting to get to know all of these aspects of my identity as a person. You can imagine being a queer person, being a psychologist, identifying as Christian, but also practicing ancestral um, rituals and practices. And that's why intersectionality is a beautiful way of using this as a conversion space that brings me to this complex human
0: being. Intersectionality, I really like that word. Thank you for that. (laughs) And we're gonna get into that. You know you know about you. <coughs> Jimmy, please introduce yourself. Hmm. Am I getting a job
1: at the level level line show? Maybe. I
0: mean you, <laughs> you came up with this concept. You came up with this panel. So I think definitely. it was
1: really, really important. But um to say the least, um, my name is Dumi Mugwato, popularly known as Jimmy Powerhouse. I am You know i like describing myself as a disruptor with beauty brains and bravado and (laughs) let me break it down Uh, when i say beauty it's the stuff that i do in beauty like makeup um beauty influencing and lifestyle influencing brains i'm a qualified strategist i have an honors in corporate communications stratcom and a lot of people don't know that they always think you know i only do makeup because they see me doing makeup or styling whatever the case is on social media um Brains, That's that. Um, and I'm a strategist. I mean, that's why we thought about this. Yes. And I spoke to you about this. Yes. And we have really stimulating conversations. So yeah, I'm a one as well. So <laughs> there's that. The bravado side is the side that you see where... I just explore life in a lens of my own, and you know, I've always said I want to re- re- rewrite the story of a rural queer person because I grew up in the rural areas of Limpopo, Ramashashani and um, I want to rewrite what it means to be queer, what it means to be in the rural areas, or from the rural areas, and what it means to be a successful queer person from the rural areas. So that's basically what I am
0: beauty brains and bravado yeah, I, I love, love that, that. <laughs> trademark that Lindani please introduce yourself
3: oh my god the intros have been so hectic <laughs> I can't compete with
0: that <laughs> I cannot
3: um I'll keep mine very simple yeah. um I'm a fashion guru mm. I'm a stylist I'm a designer I'm a dad I'm divorced <laughs> I'm Christian. Proudly gay. Mm. I can say it now. (laughs) Proudly gay. Why are you saying it to me? Because (laughs) our journey. If you guys stick around, you'll find out we have a journey. (laughs) (laughs) I'm joking, I'm joking. Um, But yeah, I'm a business person, you know. Mm. And I only see it now that I'm actually a business person. I've always locked myself in a box that I'm just a stylist or just a designer. But my brand is growing every day and I'm a business. And I make money from this. And other people are starting to be part of this big Giant that I'm becoming. Yes. So I'm definitely a fashion giant a fashion guru um, I'm definitely wow. a role model uh, I'm definitely a trendsetter uh, I'm definitely pants. Yes, I'm, pants a amazing.
0: I'm
3: a trendsetter And people copy me and yeah. they won't give me credit. It's okay guys. Come on steal <laughs> even this look go and remake it I'm watching you guys. I'll see you on instagram yeah. <laughs> You know But more than anything, I'm controversial, you know, Mm. like he said earlier, I'm gay and Christian, those two are not supposed to be in the same room, but will unfold and break it down.
0: I am so happy. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. And I'm so happy that we have such a diverse panel. You all have different stories, you have different backgrounds, and they merge to create really phenomenal human beings. So one of the reasons why we wanted to have this panel, guys, is because there's so much misinformation online about the queer community and I can say just from my own personal experience that I thought I knew but I don't know anything <laughs> you know it's not enough to have gay friends or to go to Pride or you know whatever the case may be you really do have to form relationships with people to understand what their lived experience is mm. and how to approach them how to respect them how to you know also allow them to live a life that has dignity You know, So that's what this podcast is about today And I'm hoping that anyone who's listening Can listen with an open mind And understand that we are teaching each other We are learning So no judgement here (coughs) We're here to learn And I want to be corrected (coughs) if I do go in the wrong direction So let's start with it Before we go into our stories Can anybody on our panel describe or define Or explain to us what queer means?
2: We hear this word so often, but what is it to be queer? I think I'll start from the whole queer, uh, <clears throat> sorry, uh, queer movement began in the US mm-hmm. and there's a strong historical academic understanding that gives us a perspective that queerness emerged as a derogative kind of word mm-hmm. that we use um, to denote or kind of define people that identified as non-queer. Heterosexual or non-normative identities. So there's a, there's that strong history that um, is around being queer um, and the American words that have been used to describe um, gay people and that. But movements over time have began to say, let's use this word as an umbrella term academically um, as social scientists, uh, because social scientists strive in making sure that there are normative, useful words that the community can use to identify. So now with the movement of queer identities, there's a suggestion that to say anyone who identifies as non-heterosexual can be accommodated, not even accommodated, belongs to this one body of understanding. I mean, and I will tell you, the Christian community we believe in the Eucharist and all of those kind of things, but if you think of queer identities, it's anyone who does not subscribe to the compulsory heteronormative way that dictates that one should be this way. Sure. Now, if we then go to break it down as to what does this mean in reality when we speak of queer identity or the queer community, this is then now we speak of the LGBTIQ plus a community, which then hold space for different kinds of identities that if, as as a non-normative person who identifies in terms of my sexual orientation, my gender identity, my gender expressions, my sexual orientation, then we can then speak of the um, lesbian community even within... That lesbian community, there are different identities Mm. within being lesbians, right? And I I want to delineate away from the concept of people, all we know when we think of lesbian women is Bush and Fem. Yes. And some Uh, of these terminologies within the queer understanding, they are not about how we sleep, but it's about identity and embodiment and expression. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, If you then speak of, the gay community, um, we speak of men who are physically, emotionally attracted to other men, and that's a non normative construct. And again, within that gay community, we then have sub identities. Yeah. And within those identities, there are queer politics, right? Mm-hmm. Now we've got, again, I want to highlight on this thing that people. Being top or bottom versatile is not an identity, it yeah. a, it's a
0: sexual preference. It is yes. a sexual preference. Yeah. Being top or, or bottom is not an identity, identity. It's, it's a sexual, sexual, sexual preference. And can change, by the way. Can it can change, change. and it yeah. can yeah. change over time. Yeah.
2: Yeah, right. And again, this whole idea of understanding and impacting what queerness means. And we then speak of um, of we people who are bisexual, um, bisexuality can be an identity... It can also be an expression, it can also be a sexual behavior. But in the way of how people think of it, it's kind of problematized in society. Then we speak of trans bodies. I mean, she can speak better from a lived experience and what that is. But again, within these, we need to find the right language of naming these identities because people would say, you are born a female or you are born a. No. Those are social concepts that then get embodied Mm. as one goals to understand who they are,
0: and that's why we say they them because you can't say you were born a woman. You were born you. It's it, you're born you were born you. You were assigned assigned you know okay. um, yeah. assigned gender yeah. at
1: birth. If yeah. You have a penis. You are assigned male at birth. Yeah. If you have a vagina, you are assigned female yeah. at birth. That's at birth just, you know, yeah. and people grow up like I'm, I'm interjecting now, yes, it's and really a lot of very people very grow up and then you realize that actually. I'm actually a girl.
0: You see, Dumi, and I love that you said that because I have the worst conversations with people where I hear them say, so you just get to choose. You wake up and then today you want to be a boy, tomorrow you want to be a girl. Tell us why that is such a damaging logic and please explain to people why you're not choosing per se. Mm.
1: Um, I think, let me give it context as well to say for a very long time, Um, we didn't have like you know literature around well personally i did not have literature around sexuality and gender identities and you know just the lgbtqi community i mean when i was younger i remember the only the first time i saw a lesbian woman i was surprised i was like i could feel a sense of connection in terms of the fact that there are people that look like me or there are people that maybe belong to my community and this is hindsight it's not that i'm saying it physically at that time i didn't understand it but you know it resonated as well so you become different people until you settle into who you are Mm -hmm. you know for a very long time you know um, i've identified as a gay man growing up and you grow up and realize and get to your personal truth to say this is exactly who i am Mm -hmm. you know so there's no, I woke up and I chose today, I want to be a girl. And I think also the influence around, you know... And I've seen it lately with, you know, gay men wearing wigs. You know, it's still something that we're still, you know, discussing with my friends. Gay men waking up and putting on makeup and wearing wigs. In a world that is still, you know, confused about, you know, <clears throat> the LGBTQI community. What I mean, sometimes, I, I say to my friends, sometimes... Takes away from yeah. the true lived experience of a trans woman yes. because they don't wake up to put on a wig for entertainment, yes. that's who they are. Yeah. Yes, they Expressing may not identity. pass or may not look a certain way, mm-hmm. um, but that's a way for them to appear to the world. And I mean, all those things are like you know, and that's why I speak about it on social media without speaking. Like, I'd have a transition where I'm with my beard or whatever and quickly change into glab and. For me, it's a thing of, I just want to show people how whether you, if, even if you're a trans woman, you are still who you are, despite how you look, mm. you yeah. know, the makeup and doesn't make you. Yeah. The makeup doesn't make you. So, um, I've said so much. Um, I don't know if I mean, I'm, do it, 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 <laughs> I'm I'm loving
2: Please how it is going and because it really mm. the. The understanding and the definition that makes it more accessible, yeah. because we get fixated on definitions that do not have a sense of a belief experience, yeah. and she is the true embodiment of speaking truth and realities of what it means to be trans, yeah. as opposed to someone gets just defining it as being assigned as this socially raised to be this person, but also then identity assimilations and negotiations that then happen as a result of that. So, this really brings the idea that it's sort of our definitions and us having this idea of what queerness means. And again, people can interpret what it means to queer subjectively, yeah. from a lived experience, but also academically. And maybe just to, read, to continue with that, with all of that she herself, it really makes us to see the complexities of gender, yeah. Of gender identity, yeah. of gender socialization, yes. of gender embodiments and gender expression it's like what she mentioned, that with this idea and construct that even within these sub identities of the queer community, there are politics of division. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. She raised the whole idea that I personally, as a gay black man, I really battle with certain realities of some sub- other communities. True that. I'd rather keep quiet because I speak from a place of judgment because Mm. I never really understand what it means to be a queer, trans man, trans woman that really, at the end of the day, certain expressions confuse society. Mm. Um, I hold so much empathy for trans bodies because it's a real lived experience that people, even us in the queer community, we haven't really gotten to the psyche and the and the actual experience of what it takes to redefine your life in a way that delineates away from social normatives. Yeah. So for me, in simple terms, being queer is not a protest against normative ways of being,
0: yeah. but it's moving
2: away from binaries yeah. that limit and box people to be. Yeah. Just because I don't want to be Exclusionary, let me finish up the definition. Intersex bodies, people who are assigned a certain sex when they are born. Um, And again, there's a lot of studies. Professor Anthony Brown has done beautiful research around experiences of people who are intersex, who they were chosen, their parents have chosen. And the findings in that study where people, parents, by virtue of being assigned and cultural politics around that, that a parent chooses a penis, because the penis is a tool for social discourses and what it does and what it means. At the end of the day, then you identify as a trans woman and all of that, right? So Hmm. intersex, then we've got people who are asexual and it's debatable. Where does asexualism fit in the normative kind of um, queer understanding and then Q and the plus, Accommodates for space to really make sense to say sexuality is fluid, yeah, mm. orientation is fluid, yeah, we can't be fixed, we can't be boxed, oh. yeah, right. So, ideally, with through this kind of I think we're trying to simplify again politics of all of these things. That ideally, if you talk about being queer in Soweto, it's a different ballgame, yeah, yeah, if you talk about being queer in the Utu. Mm-hmm. in Libobo, mm-hmm. yeah. politics of capital mm-hmm. politics of um, who has what for you to be able to identify as a trans man mm-hmm. that's been creative. Hmm.
0: wow well, I hope that you you heard what Anelie said and what Dumi said because there's so much to get from that and to learn from that and I want to throw a question at the panel yeah for anyone who's watching, they're thinking, okay, Anele said all these big words, and I'm not really... It's not coming together. I need it to be simple for me. So if I meet a Dumi or an Anele, how do I approach you? How do we connect? How do we have a conversation? How do we start talking to each other? As conversations, what happen? So what if I say I'm afraid that I'm not you know addressing you in the right way in the right way so do you get what i'm trying to say I like i'm you. sitting i'm going okay i really do want to be part of this i want to understand but i don't even know how to start approaching a mm. gay man or a, a trans, trans woman, woman or trans man yeah exactly um, like how do we start with those conversations
1: i think you know in south africa we still have a long way to go mm-hmm. um i mean i've worked in corporates where people from the u.s or other countries the first thing when they introduce themselves <laughs> hi my name is Jimmy powerhouse and my oh. pronouns are so she and her. Mm. What are your pronouns? Yeah. What you are know.
0: pronouns in an African sense? Because some people are watching, they don't understand what pronouns are. What's a pronoun? Oh
2: my, my God. God. Ge- size, because, size. because our parents are we, watching we, and they're like giving a queer pronoun. Africanizing queerness. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, as to <laughs> actually what really looks like an African queer identity. Yeah. I mean, I would say in an African context, pronouns are for respectability. Mm. Yeah, and, and honor and understanding. Yeah. that I'm acknowledging you beyond yeah. you I being see. Mm. this person. So it's it's like when we say Molueni or Bonani, I'm not only acknowledging you, mm. but I'm acknowledging the presence of those who I'm seeing yeah. and those who are um who have lived before you and all of that. But mm. I think for me, it's about respectability and showing respect yeah. and acknowledgement. That's why people feel the need to really emphasize that I'm a he or a she. Because right in there, um, what Paul has mentioned, it's certain embodiments and representations of what we do. Now, people have got a certain image of what a gay person is. Yeah, We know powerful figures yeah. that embody the idea. Now me, spoke about a cisgender man
0: yeah.
2: but I identify as gay right now in the typical mind if I'm dressed like this someone sees a man I look like a man right
0: however and a, a straight man. <clears throat> in their mind they yeah.
2: think I'm a straight man yeah. but I happen to identify as a cisgender man because I'm a man mm, yeah um, but my sexual orientation, I'm gay. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So, so it separates <clears throat> the gender identity and, from your sexual orientation. But people don't sex- have the capital for that, you know?
2: yeah. What Tuna's saying, we don't have the capital to differentiate in all of that. So people still have that. If I say Lindani is gay, I'm expecting a, a feminine, feminine <sighs> kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. yeah. What you is not saying,
2: now there are feminine gay men which there are societal yeah. words, soft boys, champagne boys that people use mm-hmm. to define that kind. But we don't know the fine line now. Are you trans? Yes. In the closet? Or is it an expression? Mm-hmm. What exactly is mm-hmm. this about? Because anyone who has a weave would imagine that you you assume to be a trans woman. So what you're asking for is a very complex thing in reality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then True. you've got men like Linani who... May have had a heterosexual idea in terms of how they presented themselves in the world. Mm-hmm. Now people get confused. How is the United gay? Yeah, and the
0: Did whole wife, and the whole <laughs> wife. And they just decide to change one day yeah. and become yeah. gay. So yeah. these embodiments and
2: expressions become really complex because today I may be a cisgender man, but I may feel I need a wee. True, it's that's an expression for that day. Yeah, mm. but I may be kind of insensitive. To a trans person who has done so much work psychologically and physically that for me it it looks like a personal choice of a day, Mm -hmm. but for me it's my everyday struggle that has been throughout my childhood that now I've got the capital, I'm able to live this. But in the way of how you're presenting and embodying yourself, it looks like a choice. Yeah.
0: Yes. So, I meet you And the first thing I should ask you is What are your pronouns?
1: Yeah, generally, what are your pronouns? And I mean, even within the community um, You know, and it's something that People have to personally equip themselves To know that It's just standard respect for people Mm. You know, I mean I walk into spaces and there are people who identify Oh, their pronouns rather are they and them Mm -hmm. And that is why every time I walk into a space And I greet you Hi, level, how are you? Um, what are your pronouns? Yeah. You know, um, I'm so sorry. What are your pronouns? You know, for me, it's out of respect of, and I don't want to misgender you. Yeah. Um, and which, you know, other people do it for their own reasons, just to remind you that we actually think you're not what you think you are Mm. or what what you really are, you know? So it's, it's a thing of, and I don't even want us to as a community also waste our time on people that have set their minds to misunderstand us yes. yeah. you know um if if i meet you and you make that mistake mm-hmm. and i rectify you and we move forward yes that just don't repeat it then yeah. you know how to go forward to i mean relating or yeah interacting with other people you know so it's kind of crazy, you know, um, Anneli is explaining it perfectly that, you know, sometimes it's just expression, um, but I think the biggest overriding factor is the fact that we need to learn how to be respectful in terms of general human yeah. respect. Expression. Yeah. 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 So yeah. You, you walk in a room and you say, hi, my name is Itumeling, my pronouns are she and her, and that is why we even have it on our social media sites mm-hmm. to say she, her, yeah. right? Um, and if that is what you really big on you want people to know and understand and respect who you are yeah. not accept it mm-hmm. yes. <clears> just <throat> respect <throat> just respect who you are yeah.
2: and in I addition think, to that sorry uh, yeah i think of this thing if you think of um structures and order mm. at university you've got a professor yes um you've got a doctor yeah that helps you to understand how the system operates mm in the context of African spirituality, for someone who we respect, we're going to say "koko home mm-hmm. Right? So that's how I think of these as beyond being labels, but I'm affirming your existence in who you yeah. are. I see In academic you. spaces, yeah. it's what you do. Mm-hmm. You'll become a professor at university. Mm-hmm. But outside that, you can still choose to be named as that person, whoever your first name is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it, for Gender identity and gender expression and sense of being validated in the world, it's beyond just a he or a she, Mm -hmm. but it's a matter of respect, see me beyond all of these imaginations of who you imagine me to be as a Mm -hmm. person.
0: Yes. Oh, I I love this. Thank you. Okay, before we go into the Ndani story, because this is a topic we really are talking (laughs) about, I just want to quickly touch on coming out. And I don't even know if that's the right term, right? Mm. So telling your community that this is who I am now, Um, I'm not who you thought I was, this is actually who I am, and I'd like you to see me that way. For the young people who watch this podcast, and I get okay. a lot of DMs from people who say, I want to come, I want to tell my parents, or I want to mm. tell my whoever, but I'm really afraid. I can't give them the tools to do that, you know? Mm. So let's talk about that. How does someone finally do that, announce to their community sure. that this is who I am? I think no. we must start. This is where cool. yes, yes. yeah. yes. I think we must
3: start.
1: Oh, hold on, but before <laughs> Linda speaks about it, I yeah. think, and I'm speaking from a place of privilege, Yes, that I didn't have to do any of that, right? Oh. I didn't have to communicate. And I mean I, I I was raised by a mother who is in the rural areas. So we barely we ha- barely have verbal communication about things. It's just a oh. nod and an understanding without the talking, oh. right? But you know, I was listening to a show the other day on radio and someone was like, nobody owes you coming out. Yes. And I think it's Lindani will also explain it. But however, What it also does is that when people are not able to come out, and we spoke a lot um, of, A, about, you know, um, having the economic power, it's so unfair that people Uh, have to have the economic power before they come out because then I can buy my own stuff, so Mm. I don't need you. I can can come here with a boyfriend, I can be my own person, you know, and it's such a huge pressure on the queer community Mm -hmm. for them to find a certain level of economic power for them to be able to live their truth Mm -hmm. you know but i mean lindani you you can come out
3: (laughs) (laughs) that's why i can come out um i'm two ways about it there's a part of me that says you don't have to come out you don't owe anybody an explanation yeah but there's a part of me that says it's a bit selfish not to come out because it's important, like we said earlier, to educate people how you want to be called, mm. how you want to be treated. Mm. But also, as a black person, the expectation windowed that you must have a wife. No, it's not gonna happen when you Yeah. So you're also going there but you know, actually I'm lesbian, I'm not gonna have a husband. I yeah. might actually not have kids. Yeah. So there's that part of it, so it's, um, it's a bit of a tricky one. Should we come out, should we not? Why are we coming out? Are we coming out because we wanna be seen and heard? Or are we coming out because we are already dealing with the expectation that they expect you to be mm. a wife and a husband and a future father and a future mother. In my journey, I never came out to my family because they assumed I was straight, In you know, I'm going to have a wife, and I did, by the way, Yes. and you know, I'm going to have a wife and have a, a family, I mean, what that's i we discussing, yes, and then when somebody meets me now, they're like, but why did you marry a woman, didn't you know you were gay? Uh, you wasted the poor girl's time. So the, the biggest judgment I get is like, you wasted the girl's time. Didn't you know you were gay? And I think the part of being gay that we never speak about is that not everybody knows instantly. There are people who know when they are 30 that I'm actually gay. I've been... And you're like, but you're 30. You should know by 16. No, honey, it's not that easy. If that's as easy for you, great for you, clapping hands for you, I knew when I was 25 that actually that's not, you know, is it also knowing or is
1: it, and I'm asking this, uh, is it suppressing it yeah. based on, for instance, you're a Christian uh-huh. and you come from a staunch Christian family who uh-huh. a staunch um, traditional uh-huh. family? Yeah, exactly. is, it, is it suppressing? Because
3: let's be honest, <laughs> you didn't know when you were 25. Yes. You, No, okay. I'm, I'm glad we're here and I want <laughs> us to have a very open conversation. So I, I was in a journey where I dated boys. And I'm like, not really. And I went to girls. And I think from a psychology point of view, my therapist always asked me, what made you go back to girls after being with boys? Mm. I said to her, there's a part of me that's just like, something is not adding up. And that's why I ended up having a wife and getting married. But mm. I did the boy journey to be like, maybe I'm gay, but actually no, I prefer having a wife. But in the marriage, when I had the wife, so when I was allowed to marry a wife and be a husband, now what no one is stopping me. I am my own man i'm like actually this is not working out for me the marriage is not working out for me being with someone is what and the third part is being being a straight man is not working out for me people ask me did you divorce your wife because you're gay the answer is no i divorced my ex-wife because it was just not working out we're not compatible We it was just not working after i divorced my ex-wife i then had two girlfriends then i was like
1: Mm.
3: actually no then I dated boys after and I've never turned back by the way that's Mm -hmm. why I said to you earlier I'm proudly gay because but I had to go through that journey and I'm I'm more sure I'm more assertive that I'm that I'm gay and I'll never go back to women and I respect people who are in the closet I respect bisexual people Mm -hmm. I respect all types of people because my journey is unique but you can never come to me and say to me what took you so long um, and like I, I get your question wait, was I suppressing it because of the religion or my granny or this no I was not there's a part of me that, that I was a bit confused there's a part of me that was like maybe I'm a bit of both I had a journey in my life where I think in my 20s where I was like maybe I'm bi because I actually enjoy both mm. but actually I like those more you know actually I like boys I went through <laughs> the journey mm, yeah. and this is a personal journey so forget mm. the religion, forget my granny forget mm. everything else Where I'm like maybe I want both but now I know I want boys and I love boys what's important I also
1: sorry I also think it's also like what they is saying it's a very personal journey and um I think let's not take away sa- the safety part of you coming out yeah. you come from different backgrounds I might have been lucky in the fact that I had I was able to live my life freely and be truthful to myself but somebody else does not have yeah that kind of <coughs> opportunity or that kind of Get allowance yeah. to 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 be themselves or mm. to live their true selves.
2: And I think what 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 I take out from Lindani's um, narrative is self awareness, yeah, personal journey, and the language capital that comes out of a journey. And this is what, for me, Lindani's way of articulating an experience is quite complex in a way that. He's got the language and the capital to name what he's been going through over time. And this is a classical example of what a queer person is Uh, and what queerness means. In that view, for someone who's who's watching it from sitting and actually asking, what is this really about? With Linani's story, we see, we hear sincerity as to how complex it is to categorize self and identity yeah. beyond constructs because mm-hmm. at the end of the day what Lindana says I gave myself permission yeah to figure out what this is yeah. Yeah. for myself we need and people, people like you we need I people can, like you mm-hmm. I to breathe in stuff before I can give it to you yeah let it make sense to, to me, me that mm-hmm. I had to undergo every trajectory of every experience to so say actually does this work for me mm-hmm. doesn't it work it's not as clear cut as saying I'm gay, mm-hmm. I'm bisexual, I'm, this is why people are confused that sexual orientation is a fluid process. Mm-hmm. It's not something that you can just think out of a day. And what I'm hearing from Leland is that he has to make careful considerations. Yeah. With, I, I admire, Leland, your, your integrity mm-hmm. in how you negotiated your journey of actually fully being comfortable in who you are. And today you're actually saying I have done everything I needed to do mm. to be congruent with myself. Yeah. There's no turning and back. Everything yeah. besides not turning back or not, at least I'm whole. Yeah. I'm integrated. Yeah. Whereas a number of people who are not yet there, there's disintegration. Yes. Because there are many moving parts that have not yet consolidated psychologically for this person to have the language and the capital to say this is who am I. Mm-hmm. It's about self. It's and about ourselves. placing yourself within yeah. these ideas. But it people is. are so fixated as to ah, we're dating girls, it means you're having sex and all yeah. of that. Yeah. I always say to people, there's no way I am not gonna be turned on if I see a sexually appealing thing. Mm. I may see a woman with her butt and all of that. I'm not desiring her, but the way of how mind things. And associate things. Chances are maybe turn on, yes. but I'm not interested in having sex with her. Yeah.
0: That's absolutely true. I mean even <clears throat> straight women can be attracted to gay men. Yeah. Because they're good looking. It yes. doesn't mean I'm gonna sleep with them or have a relationship with them. Yeah. So there is a lot of judgment in that conversation, right? So, where
2: Yeah, this whole thing of coming out for me is very frustrating because it it really gives privilege to heterosexuality. Yes that at the end yeah. of the day we should worship binaries mm-hmm. we should worship co- because it's compulsory heteronormativity mm-hmm. that says come out mm-hmm. for what
0: exactly for social order. anything
2: heterosexuality has to do with order mm-hmm. and normatives yes us we are all seen as protesters against nature
0: yes
2: and again linan will tell you has been told he's ungodly
0: to he's help. demonic
2: Wow. and all of that and i always say if god is an embodiment of who
3: am i it means god is gay yes yeah but also, so, so no but bad. i know i'm happy with that yes. statement but also for me i said to my best friend recently <laughs> and i said to her um if we if we say that being gay is a sin if we say being gay is wrong we need to question do we believe god even created gay people or were gay people created by a different god is there a god for gay people because clearly if if being if being gay is a sin there's no way we are made by the god by this god we we are praying to firstly but secondly if we believe that gay people are going to hell are you telling me that god in heaven said and said i will create these people but the end result is hell that is ridiculous
2: and this is why i said for me in my view if there's a theological construct of um, that says we are created in the likeness in the image of God. Yes. So if anything that is of God is created by God, mm-hmm. even the queer community embraces who God is. Yeah. And that's why I say God is gay.
0: God lives within me as me. Yeah. So should, God is whoever you are. <laughs> God, whoever is gay? A God is yeah. and Whoever God is God. Exactly But also
3: we Christians We also call, We say There are days we say God is spirit Then you say No but God is a man <laughs> You sit someone on the throne Then you're like Oh, okay. Which one is it? Is he he a man who is like judgmental and carrying a stick and saying, you are going to hell? Mm. Or is God really a spirit? Because if he says a spirit, then he can be anything. He can be gay. He can be straight.
0: I have to put out a disclaimer with this conversation that nobody is trying to drag religion in our conversation. We are having a conversation, which means... We are just proposing different ways of looking at things. We're not saying one thing is right to wrong.
3: And they must not comment on the show with, with Bible scriptures because we're not going back. <laughs> please don't quote Leviticus and Deuteronomy and tell us how the Bible... No, please and do not. not. <laughs> and, and Paul, please Who's, do not. The the it's the people with the faith.
1: the people with the face that uh-huh. are going to comment Jesus. and <laughs> say, you have sin, you are this, you are that. Yeah. And the Bible says you can't cut your hair on the sides. Yeah. You can't cut the
3: sides. But the Bible says also we can't mix fabrics. The Bible says you can't eat lobster i mean let's stop living clearly like really yeah
0: Yeah. you know
3: okay sorry about
0: this no 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 you can continue
3: so i i so i said i said earlier off air that i'm a very liberated and a very different christian i'm at a point in my life where i've accepted that the bible was not written by god Mm. the bible was written by human beings but we were taught or made to believe that the bible was written by God I, I don't believe God sat down and wrote the Bible I You can argue with me Until you are blue I refuse to believe that So the human beings who say Hey hey, God said this to me to tell you that You are going to hell I don't believe that's true I don't believe God wrote the Bible um, And that's why the Bible is the way it is It has no space and no room for us as queer people Because if the Bible was written by God There will be a chapter about us queer people Because we exist and God made us
1: mm-hmm. And I think I also just want to speak about, you know, um, I grew up going to church. Like, I was a part of the worship team and whatever. And there was a point where, you know, when you're like adolescent stage, grade 10, 11, I stopped going to church for quite a long time. And now that I think about it as a smart adult who has been through life, um, I think about the fact that sometimes, like, like how both of them were saying that, the society or the heteronormative society said there's black and white, there's no grey area. And it is those constructs in, you know, Christianity or traditional, or tra- how do I say it? That's called? Issintu. To, or... to, That says you can't be this, you can't be that. Yeah. And I had to unlearn a lot of things to be okay with who I am and who I think God wanted me to be. Mm, that's you
0: That's know? consolidation. That's consolidation. So is, I want to phrase this properly, but is religion, are you guys saying that religion is anti-queerness? For me, it's how scripture,
2: if we think of religion, we think of also theology. Mm -hmm. Because there are different kinds of theologies. But if you look at one dominant lens of using Christian theology, Christian theology, it's in, the violence comes from interpretation of scripture and the selection of certain scriptures the Bible in its own in my view it's the embodiment of God's grace right how can grace be discriminatory yeah because if Jesus Jesus was the coolest guy if Jesus could take everybody gather them and say if out of what this woman has done take a stone and cast this woman if you are not a sinner Hmm. How can the very same Jesus um, discriminate and speak unkindly of humanity? That which is of God, that which is of divine nature, how can it be sinful to God? So for me, it's in the way of how scripture has been violently used to pull out certain... Because if you look at the story of Leviticus, the Sodom and Gomorrah, the context was different in yes, how I was God's go there So pastors and people use the Bible and queer theology to bring God, who is a judgmental God, for this particular population. Yeah. However, in its purity, grace, if, if we speak of grace as a construct of unmerited favor of God, there's no way the Bible itself is discriminatory, but it's in the way of how we use scripture and certain hermeneutics of interpretation that we then use. If you go to the New Testament, Apostle Paul is very kind of unclear about his stance, which you even wonder like, Paul, where you really straight, hey, lawyer, lawyer, right? He's <laughs> the only person, <laughs> person who brings out his scriptures, but if you look at Paul's book theologically, if you're using hermeneutics of interpretation and and really bringing it out, what was the text intending? It doesn't say what Christians used to say. It's just that a lot of our Christians are not empowered enough to understand the role of Scripture and scriptural interpretation and bringing it into context as to what does it say to us in this day. Yeah.
0: I love that. I mean, every single oppressive regime in history has used the Bible of to course. support its regime, yeah. right? So we know that it's not the Bible that's the problem. It's how we interpret it. We interpret it.
3: But just to it's add on what way. he said also for me, I find it so interesting that Jesus said nothing about homosexuality in the whole Bible. Mm. He's, he's, he, he, he's never commented on it. Meaning, I want to say two things. He said nothing about it, even the Ten Commandments say nothing about it. Clearly, it wasn't a pressing issue. Why is homosexuality a sub commandment that has sub conversation? I think that becomes sex,
0: yes,
2: because then now it's a non normative sex.
1: Mm-hmm. But women and, and men are
2: still having, yeah, yeah but, but remember, normative. our sex yeah. yeah. delineates the normative, yeah. So, people do not necessarily find being gay as sinful, but find what we do our expressions um, as sinful, right? That if I sleep with another man, a that's a sin.
3: It det- it's detestable.
2: That, and again, uses the abomination word when it comes, if you use the, the book of Romans, sex for men there was used as a punishment. That's why it's, it's an abomination thing. So it's theologians who have studied queer theology are really able to help us to unpack what is the issue around scripture particularly because it's not the religion itself it's the use of scripture that is used as a tool and advice for exclusion
0: anyone who's watching this podcast I hope that something is happening in your mind and you're going hectic the way that Annele is describing things shows you just how educated you need to be about things to really tackle them with that kind of vigor and aggression that you so easily do on Twitter and on the comment sections of all these social media pages. It's not enough just to have an opinion. It needs to be informed. And when our opinions are not informed and they're backed by emotion and weird things, that's how we make things like the Bible oppressive. You know, we make churches exclusionary because we don't know what we're actually doing with our anger and our misguided misinformation. Mm-hmm. You know, so I really love that you're here, Anele. And I think to be but I'm just in terms of pointing out how deeply he knows. Yeah. He's you he's, know, he's,
1: the, I mean playing. I'm learning a lot. I'm yeah. learning a lot in terms of, you know, I mean most of the things that, you know, Anale is speaking about and it's also that's why I said earlier on that we as the community as well are constantly learning because Ten years, I mean, when I was in high school, for example, I'll give an example about high school, there was life orientation, right? And the teacher is a staunch Christian. Mm-hmm. She will skip the part that speaks about homosexuality. Yeah. And it's like a little portion, you know, so little facets in the society that have, you know, taken away the ability for the queer community to be able to enrich their lives and their minds mm-hmm. to be able to be good with themselves and their truth. Yes. And that is why we constantly have to be in spaces where, like this, mm-hmm. where we are learning, we learning. you know. Yeah, and I
2: think yeah. for what God was saying, we yeah. we need literature that is written by us. Yes. Yeah, A lot of the literature that we have, it's people that are doing Studies who are just curious, yes, but yeah. there's something inherently beautiful about being an academic and someone that writes from a deep experience and writes research that is very accessible. I, I pride people like Professor Anthony Brown, yes. who has done so much work and still continues to supervise people. Like, just this week, he posted something about. Three doctoral studies and more than six master students doing work on this. Yeah. Um, in my work, I've used my social media to kind of bring a different narrative of how does a black African man look like. Mm-hmm. I, I aspire for a man mm-hmm. who is in the rural areas to have a language capital that helps him to understand. I can go to the kraal and and have a herd, but I can still have a man.
0: And you're bringing me to my next question, which is, is being queer an African? Hi tribe, thank you for tuning in and watching the first part of our awesome conversation with our distinguished guests. The pressure is getting worse, join us for part two next week where we explore queer relationships lesser culture and so much more
1: me with the